Genesis chapter 11, verses 1 to 9. Now the whole world had one language and common speech. As people moved eastward, they found a plain in Shinar and settled there. They said to each other, Come, let's make bricks and bake them thoroughly. They used brick instead of stone and tar for mortar. Then they said, Come, let us build ourselves a city with a tower that reaches to the heavens so that we may make a name for ourselves. Otherwise, we'll be scattered over the face of the whole earth. But the Lord came down to see the city and the tower the people were building. The Lord said, If as one people speaking the same language they have begun to do this, then nothing they plan to do will be impossible for them. Come, let us go down and confuse their language so they will not understand each other. So the Lord scattered them from there over all the earth and they stopped building the city. That's why it is called Babel, because there the Lord confused the language of the whole world. From there the Lord scattered them over the face of the whole earth. And I'll hope you'll stay with me as we continue reading in this chapter from verses 10 to verse 32. You'll have to believe me that we're heading somewhere and there could be a quiz afterwards. You never know. This is the account of Shem's family. Two years after the flood, when Shem was 100 years old, he became the father of Arphaxad. And after he became the father of Arphaxad, Shem lived 500 years and had other sons and daughters. When Arphaxad had lived 35 years, he became the father of Shelah. And after he became the father of Shelah, Arphaxad lived 403 years and had other sons and daughters. When Shelah had lived 30 years, he became the father of Eber. And after he became the father of Eber, Shelah lived 403 years and had other sons and daughters. When Eber had lived 34 years, he became the father of Peleg. And after he became the father of Peleg, Eber lived 430 years and had other sons and daughters. When Peleg had lived 30 years, he became the father of Ru. And after he became the father of Ru, Peleg lived 209 years and had other sons and daughters. When Ru had lived 32 years, he became the father of Sarag. And after he became the father of Sarag, Ru lived 207 years and had other sons and daughters. When Sarag had lived 30 years, he became the father of Nahor. And after he became the father of Nahor, Sarag lived 200 years and had other sons and daughters. When Nahor had lived 29 years, he became the father of Terah. And after he became the father of Terah, Nahor lived 119 years and had other sons and daughters. After Terah had lived 70 years, he became the father of Abram, Nahor, and Haran. This is the account of Terah's family line. Terah became the father of Abram, Nahor, and Haran. And Haran became the father of Lot. While his father Terah was still alive, 
Haran died in Ur of the Chaldeans in the land of his birth. Abram and Nahor both married. The name of Abram's wife was Sarai, and the name of Nahor's wife was Milcah. She was the daughter of Haran, the father of both Milcah and Iscah. Now Sarai was childless because she was not able to conceive. Terah took his son Abram, his grandson Lot, son of Haran, and his daughter-in-law Sarai, the wife of his son Abram, and together they set out from Ur of the Chaldeans to go to Canaan. But when they came to Haran, they settled there. Terah lived 205 years and he died in Haran. And we have just one more verse. From Romans chapter 14, it's verse 11. It is written, As surely as I live, says the Lord, every knee will bow before me. Every tongue will acknowledge God. Look any bigger than the Mauritania. You could be blase about some things, Rose, but not about Titanic. It's over 100 feet longer than Mauritania and far more luxurious. Your daughter is far too difficult to impress, Ruth. <laughs> so, this is the ship they say is unsinkable. It sir. is unsinkable. Sir. said to me he's never watched it. I find this hard. Hard? Did you say to me you've never seen Titanic? <laughs> what a story, the Titanic. Uh, in 20, 1912, the RMS Titanic made its maiden voyage, which was the largest ship of its time. It was known as a technological marvel. It had radio telegraph. It even had something called, which was called the Marconigram. You could communicate. It had safety features, state-of-the-art watertight compartments, uh, remotely activated doors, uh, and its was reputation was it was unsinkable. It was an amazing and breathtaking ship, and I love that clip and the music and the glory of this big ship coming down to celebration of man's achievement. But of course, what happened? Yeah. On, at 11.40pm on the 14th of April, the ship hit an iceberg. 1,517 people perished. 
And like the movie, that Titanic has become a bit of a modern day myth, a bit of an allegory for us. It's man's greatest achievement, his glory in technology, and it comes unstuck with an iceberg. And it resonates, I think, in some ways. In some ways, to see this, uh, the fullness of man coming together, the best technology, to find significance, to find uh, this amazing achievement, uh, this big ode to man's glory, but it doesn't work out. And I think, to me, it resonates with our passage. This morning, we're doing our last series in the Waterworks uh, series. Thank you, Kath, for that reading. Um, we're not going to get into a whole lot of that stuff, but those verses are actually awesome, so get into that later. There's a whole lot there. Um, so, but thank you for those epic names and, and, and stuff there. To, this morning, we're thinking about this Tower of Babel, and to me, it resonates a bit with this uh, picture of the Titanic. Um, there's a sense of, and what we're going to see, humanity coming together, using technology and finding, seeking security and spiritual fulfilment in ourselves, in our achievements, in what we can do, and not God. Humanity coming together, using technology, seeking security and spiritual fulfilment in ourselves and not God. We're going to think about that idea from the Tower of Abel. Would you pray with me this morning as we do that? Father, as we look at your word, Father, we pray for your Holy Spirit in our hearts, in our minds. Uh, for those here, those watching online, myself, Father, would your word speak to us? Father, would you get the glory? In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. When I think of this idea of humanity coming together, using technology, finding security and fulfillment in, in our, myself or ourselves, not, not from God, I do this. I do this. I know that's how good it feels when you're in a big group or part of a big organisation. You feel a sense of security, belonging. You feel good about it. I know how good it feels, and I feel much better when I've got the right stuff, when you've got the right tech. I had to uh, upgrade my computer a couple of years ago, a year or two ago, and I'm a Mac man, and I had to ponder, do I go to a non-Mac? I couldn't do it. I need my Mac. I can't work without my Mac. Some of you will agree, some will disagree. Uh, when I had to get a new, I got a car, a new car for the first time a few years ago, and uh, I like a car with a bit of height. I hate when you're in a car and all the other cars are like, do you know what I mean? And I got paid, I didn't have to get the one, but I got the one with a tiny bit more, because I knew I'd feel better. I knew I'd feel more secure if I did something like that. Uh, I had to get a new home. I, I was without a home for a, a, a little season. Uh, uh, recently um, and I knew the sense of security that comes with having those walls, that door you can shut, that place to call your own. Maybe like Robin, you know, you just love to scroll we just need to, I'll just, if I just watch this video or if I just keep on scrolling or see that thing on Facebook if I just have that it'll get me through um, if I can just have that we sometimes look to ourselves, we look to technology, our stuff, to find that fulfilment, don't we? And we're doing that at a societal level. We see uh, artificial intelligence, the growth of AI. We see that uh, there are robots. Uh, you can have AI relationships with pets or people. 
Uh, we see birth rates going down as people are finding their uh, fulfillment and their lusts taken care of virtually. You can jump into worlds of games. You can do all these things. Uh, we, we look to technology. We can build the biggest towers. We can have a Tesla that does all the things or a SpaceX rocket. Man's greatest achievements, making life better. And these are, these are great things. I'm not saying technology is bad, but we can also do it in ways that we start to go, we need these things. We look to these things. In fact, these things will make life better. In fact, for us, we can start going, this is what I'm trusting in. This is what I'm looking for to make life better and not God. And none of us here, if you're a follower of Jesus, as many I know in this room, it's not that we do it overtly, we wouldn't say it, but there's those little parts in us, isn't there, that go, if I just see that, if I just have that, if I can just grab that, we look to the power of man, if I can just build that big thing, that big Titanic type thing, if I could just have that, I'll get a bit of the glory and I actually really like that too and that will be the fulfilment for me. And I think this is what we're getting to in this Tower of Babel uh, as we share about it. Last week, uh, Shane uh, took us through uh, chapter 9, and I just want to remind us of something that was in chapter 9 for us before we get in, because remember, after the flood, the Lord said to Noah, now that the flood has happened, he blessed Noah and said, be fruitful and increase in number and fill the earth. He says it again in verse 7 of chapter 9, as for you, be fruitful and increase in number, multiply on the earth. The Lord told people after the flood, Noah and his descendants, go, fill the earth, multiply, increase, fill up the earth. And no sooner they started doing that, Shane shared with us how already uh, sin comes way back into the world. Uh, we see that through Noah's son Ham. And we're going to see it again, uh, not just between man and man, but between man and God. So we'll jump in there and in, uh, as we get into it in Genesis 11. And when we jump into it, we're going to see uh, that you might get a go, hold on, what order is this in? Uh, we're going to see in Genesis 11, it says the whole world had one language and one common speech. In chapter 10, we've already read that there was already another language. Chapter 11, it's not in chronological order. Chapter 11 goes back and zooms in on a different part. So that's what we're doing. And we're coming into this world that had one language and one common uh, speech. Very different. In today's world, there's something like 7,000 recognised different languages around the world. But this is a world had one language and one common speech. And we read that as people moved eastward, they found a plain in Shinar and settled there. Now, does that ring a bell for anybody? Because didn't we just read in chapter 9 that God's people are meant to go and multiply and increase and fill the earth? Already, these people have started going, actually, Shinar looks pretty nice. Don't, I actually haven't been there, I don't know, but, you know, it looks pretty good. Why don't we build a... Let's settle down here. We're already seeing the sense of rebellion, this moving away from God. In fact, the fact that uh, it says that the people moved eastward. In Genesis, moving eastward is generally moving away from God. Now, things in the east can be quite good, but moving eastward. So we already get a sense of people are moving away from God. They're disobeying and saying, you know what? Let's not move where God wants us to be. Let's just stay and settle. And they said to each other, come, 
let's make bricks and bake them thoroughly. And so they use brick instead of stone uh, and tar for mortar. Typically, the Jewish readers who read this would have made uh, buildings with stone. Uh, but here he is uh, being written for us in Genesis. They use bricks and mortar. This is a new technological advancement. This is, this is huge. This is like AI for us today. may not seem much. We're used to bricks and mortar, you know, a bit of brick and mortar. But what it meant was they weren't relying on stones. What they, they could make their bricks. They could make their mortar, and they figured it out a way. They can make big buildings. This is a paradigm shift. This is a new technology that they've got. And so they thought, wow, we can be here. We've got bricks and mortar. Let's get together and do this. Then they said in verse 4, come, let's build ourselves a city with a tower that reaches to the heavens, and we can make a name for ourselves. Otherwise, we'll be scattered over the face of the earth. Let's get together. Come. Let's come together. We think that uh, the leader of this group was possibly Nimrod, who's mentioned uh, as, uh, in, in chapter 10. But they've obviously get together their security and comfort in the collective. Do you know what? We've got this. We're a big group. We can do this. We can do this. Let's build ourselves a city. Now, I'm not against cities. Obviously, I live in one. You live in one. Uh, we look towards the New Jerusalem to come. The Bible's not against cities. But what do cities provide? Security. Protection. And the people are saying, let's, let's settle down. Let's build a city. Let's make our own security. Let's make our own protection. Let's... let's, let's Let's multiply and go, not as the Lord says, let's trust ourselves, let's have that city. And then let's build a tower. Now, if uh, you've ever, you know, done, thought about the Tower of Babel before, I've often seen this image on the left. I think it's uh, painted in the Middle Ages, maybe Scandinavian. I have to do my research a bit more. That's sort of the typical uh, tower that we sort of get. What we're probably more talking about is the picture on the right, the ziggurat. Uh, uh, there's a number of these in uh, uh, Iraq, in the Middle East, uh, in these ancient lands. Uh, and this was the idea with the ziggurat. It's probably what's being talked about here. And the ziggurat was a big building that had a staircase on it. And the idea with the staircase was you would build this sort of temple with a staircase, but it was a place that the god or the gods could actually come down, up and down, up and down. And so what that means is you could provide a place for them to come down uh, be with them, but then it means this is a place you can offer sacrifices, this is a place where the gods uh, would come and you could appease them. And if when you get into a relationship with God like God or gods like that, you know, you can uh, control the relationship. Because when you're saying, you come here at this time and I'll know where you be, and you come at this time and if I do this for you, you do this for me, you do this for me, I'll do this for you, it doesn't become a relationship, it becomes a religion. And this is the first time in scriptures we actually see this idea of other gods, religion. What have the people done? They've exchanged relationship with the real God for religion, turning God into something controllable, something that God is in the way they want him to be. So they set up this temple. It's a way to reach God on their own efforts, 
to put God in his place, but it's actually moving away from the real God. It gives them security. And it gives them a chance to make a name for themselves so that everyone around the world can say, look at these people. Look at what they can do. Look how wonderful they are with their technology, with their temple. They're in control. They've got security. They're secure. And look what they have done. They've done it. And essentially what the people are saying is, we've done it. We can do it without you, God. We can make a name for ourselves. Look at what we've done. God, we don't need you anymore. Instead of you getting the glory, we'll take the glory because look what we've done. We've found the security. We've got together and figured this out. We've got the technology. You won't be, we'll be remembered forever for look at this wonderful temple that we've done. It's actually quite similar to what Shane presented last week where a hands line trying to get that glory. These people saying, no, we want the glory. And then they spell it out because otherwise we'll get scattered throughout the earth. It's almost saying they knew what they were doing. They knew what God had for them. And this is a big rejection, a big rebellion. Spells it out. In essence, what they're doing through their own technological innovation in a quest for security, they're exchanging who God is, who he's revealed himself to be for religion. They're saying... God, I don't want you to be who you are. I want you to be like this. And we're going to find our own significance, our own immortality through achievements. Instead of glorifying God's name, they're prideful. They're looking for fulfillment in a name for themselves. And essentially they're saying, this is humanity coming together, using technology, seeking security and spiritual fulfillment in themselves and not God. I think in some ways, I I think we can do this too. What's God's response? Verse 5, but the Lord came down. The Lord comes down. And the Lord came down to see the city and the tower the people were building. It's comical language. Ruth pointed this out during the week. It's a bit comical. Because God, of course, can see all things, knows all things. But it's, such, it's almost the language of such a puny tower. God's going to come down to see this. He comes down. And the Lord said, if as one people speaking the same language they've begun to do this, then nothing they plan to do will be impossible for them. God is seeing people's rebellion. He's seeing people looking to make a name for themselves for their unity and technology in a quest to be like God, almost like Adam and Eve uh, in chapter 3 in the garden. God's not trying to be a stickler. He's trying to be a good parent. He's going, if you do this... This is going to play out very badly. And I can see that if having their own same language, they've begun to do this, then they're going to keep on rebelling. This rebellion's going to grow, and it's going to be actually to their detriment. So God says, come, let us go down and confuse their language so they will not understand each other. We see God mentioned in the plural here. As an aside, it's not the first time. It's already happened a couple of times in Genesis. But here is God saying, you're doing this bad thing, but he remembers his covenant. Remember the rainbow? God says he's not going to wipe out the earth again. So he's not coming to bring judgment. You don't get that sense here. He's not going to wipe them out. He's coming like a parent. And we're going to see he actually comes to bless them. And what he does is he confuses all their languages. 
There's no Google Translate to jump on, you know, oh, what did that person say? There's none of that. He's confusing their language now. I'm not an engineer. We've got any engineers here or project managers or, yeah. If your whole team spoke different languages, could you get the project uneasy? Probably not. I'm guessing. I'm guessing. They can't understand. They can't communicate. It gets in the way. And I have to ask the question, if God didn't step in and do this, how would it play out? How would it play out? But they would have continued to not unite in their rebellion against God. The whole earth would have become rebellion against him. They would live in refusal of God's boundaries that he set for humanity. And we've seen this, this, this rebellion against God would continue and continued uh, throughout. But what God does is separate the people out with different cultures, languages, and it means that a big rebellion is not going to be uh, taking over the whole world. God actually blesses the world with languages and people groups from here. And so we see in verse 8, the Lord scattered them all over the earth and they stopped building the city. This is why it's called Babel, because the Lord confused uh, the language of the whole world. See, God has another way. The people are like, this is what we want to do. We want to get the glory for ourselves. We want to make God our own, make it controllable, find that security, make a name for ourselves. But God goes, I've actually got another way, a better way. And I love that we did read uh, that family line all the way because we got to a guy named Abraham. And generations down, God says, I'm going to do it a different way. And we meet this Abram in chapter 12. And look what God says to Abram. He gives him this wonderful covenant. But one of he says, Lord, uh, Abram, I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you. I will make your name great. Where does a great name come from? Not from anything we do, but what God does. God in his grace sought Abram to be his representative. In fact, I think he did that because he knows Abram wants to make God's name great. And God is the one who bestowed that on Abram, that he will be blessed. God came to Abram to do that. God, further generations down, came to someone else, came to his own son, the Lord Jesus. Because Jesus wasn't about making his own name great. Jesus was about glorifying the Father, making his name great. Here's just one example from John 17, a couple of things. Look at what Jesus prays before he goes to the cross. Glorify your son, that your son may glorify you. In verse 4, he says, I brought you glory on earth by finishing the work you gave me to do. Jesus will say throughout the Gospels, you know, I don't say what I want to say. I only say what the Father wants me to say. Jesus came to bring the glory to God, to make a name for God, not himself. He sought uh, not his own glory and security uh, and fulfillment in himself. He seeks it in the Father. And then God again is the one to come down, and we see this amazing uh, time in Acts 2 in Pentecost uh, when the Holy Spirit comes on the believers and unites them through the, through the good news of the gospel, unites them to understand what Jesus has done on the cross in dying for us to bring people to him. See, God bringing people together. Look at uh, Acts 2, uh, verse 7. Utterly amazed, these people, they're seeing the Holy Spirit, they're seeing people talking. Utterly amazed. Aren't all these people speaking Galileans? 
How is it that each of us hears them in our native language? Parthians, Medes, Elamites, Mesopotamians, Judeans, Cappadocians, Pontus, Asia, Phrygia, Pamphylia, Egypt, <gasps> Libya, Cyrene, Jews, Converse, Judaism, Cretans, Arabs, all these different nations being able to hear and understand the gospel in their own tongue. God has a much better way than man trying to do it for himself. In fact, God renewed that by showing he's going to come to people in all these different language groups and people groups. He's going to be the one to bring his good news. He's got a much better way of doing it. And so we see that where humanity says, when we, if we come together, we've got our tech, we can find uh, our security and spiritual fulfillment in ourselves and not in God. This is my little summary, I don't know if it works, but God's saying, Humanity is actually to come together in Christ and going to find security and spiritual life in God and in glorifying God's name. And that's what he calls us all to do. What I'm not saying this morning is that technology is bad. Uh, we have our new tech piece that uh, Robin showed us this morning for giving. I'm not saying that coming together is bad. We're here as a community. I'm not saying praise and encouragement for one another is bad. But the question I think for us this morning is, is it our driving force? Is it something we're relying on? We're not necessarily building a big temple, uh, a big ziggurat, but is there parts in our hearts, part of our hearts that actually goes, I am looking for a little fulfillment, I'm looking for life, I'm looking for that by being part of a big group. I'm, I'm looking for that fulfillment in technology, just scrolling through that thing or having that gear, having that stuff, having that piece of tech. Am I deep down inside, am I actually trying to find my security in those things? Am I seeking it in the praise of others or the fulfillment of people thinking my name is good? Does anyone do that or is it just me? It's subtle, isn't it? But we do this, we do this. Am I seeking uh, the praise of others? Am I seeking Langdon's got a good name or you've got a good name or am I seeking the name of God? Am I willing to travel with God? Am I looking to make a name for God? When I'm feeling down, when I'm feeling lost, when I'm feeling upset, when I'm feeling insecure, am I looking to the Lord Jesus as my security? Am I looking to him for my spiritual film? Am I looking in other places? Am I seeking to make his name great if I'm not? And my encouragement this week is for all of us, me too, keep on examining ourselves. Keep on examining ourselves. It may not be some, as I say, some big overt way. This may be nothing new at one level, but sometimes we need a reminder, am I starting to depend on other little things? Do I need to let it go? Maybe it is a big thing. You go, yeah, I need to turn that around. Here's my advice. Pray about it. Talk about it with each other. Go and read God's Word. Go and spend time with the Lord, uh, making sure that we love Him first. And think about, if I am doing something like that, what changes do I need to make? And if it's really hard to change, recognize God's given us each other to help us. But help us to move from trusting in our own good things, our own achievements, but move to a place of going, I'm trusting what Christ has done. I'm looking for security in him, fulfillment in him, and I'm looking uh, to make his name great, not my own. I also think on prom reflection, it's also something for us to think about as a church. Because we are, I love Fig Tree, 
It's the most beautiful, I've, I've been a part of this place for many years, and we have great unity together, we have great bricks and mortar, don't we? Wouldn't it be easy for us to just to find security and look at Fig Tree, look how good we are, you know, we've got great history, you know, look at how we do services and all that. Wouldn't it be great to go, you know, come and find a spiritual fulfillment in us and who we are? Wouldn't it be easy to invite people to come in and say, look at our great community, look at us, but not actually point to the Lord? It's a, for us, it's also, you know, uh, yeah, we have our bricks and mortar and things, but we still need as a church to keep on traveling with God, keep on seeking God for everything uh, we do. Keep on seeking not our own church's glory, but God's glory. And I know some of us here, many of us here, if you're a ministry leader, if you are, you know, uh, part of a ministry, for us to keep on seeking what does God want to do with our ministry each week? What does God want to do with what he's called us to do as we serve as part of our church? As individuals, as a church, we keep on needing to go, where does our security come from? Is it in each other and being a big group and our technology? Is it in the Lord? Where does our spiritual fulfillment come from? Is it in each other, in being in a big group? Is our technology, is it in the Lord? Whose name we're trying to glorify? Ourselves? Or we're trying to seek glory in the Lord? Let me pray. Father in heaven, we just read this passage. There's so much there, such an amazing document. But Father, we recognise... We have this little niggling tendency to keep on seeking other places to find our spiritual fulfillment, to find our security. So, Lord, I pray whether it's us as a church, whether it's us as individuals, just in our hearts, can we seek and find our security and our fulfillment in you? Father, can we be about not making our own names great, not seeking glory for ourselves, but like the Lord Jesus, seeking glory in you, seeking your glory, seeking to make your name great, seeking to make the name of the Lord Jesus great. Can that be our hearts? Can that be our lives? We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.